press man across the board. Trubisky to throw for it. Going to go deep down the sideline, and it is caught. George Pickens, what a catch. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Steel podcast, where we talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. No BS, just the real steel. I'm your host, Jeff Schmidt, and joining me as always, my co-host, Polt. And Polt, before we get started, we may have a few new listeners this week. So for those of you who may be tuning in for the first time, we just want to say welcome. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoy what you hear. Yeah, welcome to any new listeners. As we continue to say on this podcast, the winning podcasts are always the best. So hopefully this is a good one to start you out listening to The Real Steel. Yeah, good one after a win. And and this is a game that I had circled on my calendar for a while, personally. I yeah. think you know that, you know, living just two, two and a half hours away from Charlotte. Um, I had I had wanted to go ever since it was announced. And it, it didn't work out for us to do a, a weekend trip. And I know we were talking about having you come down. That, yeah. that didn't work out. And, you know, work schedules were tough. But we were able to make a day trip to Charlotte on Sunday, uh, myself. Um, my, my girlfriend, Patty, my sister, my cousin. So it was a really good group of people. It was a long day, but it was a good one. A nice little crew. And uh, we had a lot of fun. But let me tell you this, buying tickets for this game was an absolute nightmare. Really? What happened? Uh, was it just hard to find them or really expensive? So, I mean, we had been watching tickets for like a month. I mean, yeah, I would go on Ticketmaster every, you know, every day or every other day and kind of just just look for them. And, you know, you got to figure with these two teams that really don't have any anything going for them this season in terms of playoff implications or, or you know, really much there. I, I guess you could argue that we're in the hunt and Carolina's in the hunt with, with winning that division in Tampa. Yeah. But, I mean, I just didn't really think that this was going to be such a high-demand game. Um, I figured tickets would reflect that. But, boy, was I wrong. I mean, we, really? looked, we looked all month and tickets were 100 150 bucks. Uh, for the worst seats, like just to get into the stadium. Uh, and so we just decided we would wait, you know, wait till the week of, wait till the weekend of, wait till the day of. We got closer and closer and closer. We were driving to Charlotte on Sunday morning and we didn't even have tickets. Oh, that. man. Um, we yeah, that's committed. tough. I bought a parking pass. We were committed. But uh, we, we met up with my cousin. We tailgated a little bit and uh, we essentially got to another bar and it was noon. And we were like, all right. I guess it's time to buy tickets. <laughs> yeah, I guess we should buy tickets and not wait any longer. Yeah, and, and we had been checking. I mean, y- you would you would see like one or two people, they would drop their base price down to like 80 or $100. And yeah. so, you know, with fees, it's still 125 or whatever it might Jeez. be. And uh, it, it was like that. And we would all try and jump on the ones that dropped. And every <laughs> minute or so you'd see and you're refreshing, but you're on your phone, so you're killing your battery. Right. Man, it, it was brutal. So basically it's 12, I think it's 1240 and we had ordered a round of shots and we all had like a beer as you do. Like we got to go into the game. We were really close to the stadium. We got to go to the game, but we got to get tickets first. So my cousin got two tickets for her and her friend. I bought one ticket for my sister. And then I was just waiting to get two tickets for, for me and Patty and pulled the trigger. And I think between the five of us, our average ticket price was like 150 bucks. Jeez, yeah, that's not a cheap ticket for that game. And let me tell you this, we we don't even know where our tickets were. Like all five of those tickets, well, the, the, there were two groups of two, but 
there were three different sets of tickets in like completely different locations and they were all like upper level <laughs> just to get in. I guess you didn't sit in your seats. No, we did not sit in our seats. So we, we walked right in. It was, it was pretty effortless to get into the stadium. We walked right in, right in front of us was section. I think it was 112. It was like right on the 50 yard line. We walked right in. We saw like a row of five seats, like row 15 awesome. or something. Yeah. We popped in and we really did not have any trouble the whole game. <laughs> that's awesome 50 yard line seats and for what we paid i mean that value was great yeah so, for the 50 yard line 15 rows up that's not bad what do you think of the stadium was that your first time there so we were that we've been there for a concert okay um the stadium was was cool i like the stadium um but I, I i'm gonna talk a little bit later on in the episode about just the steelers fans that were there yeah um you know, I honestly feel like it might have been close to being 50-50, maybe even more Steelers fans. Yeah. Um, but it, at least from the noise and from, I'm sure, maybe what you heard on TV. But it, it's it hard a lot to of tell when all, the, when all the seats are blue, right? It, it's yeah. tough to see whether those are jerseys or people or whatever. Um, but it's, it's a nice stadium. It was good. And we had really good weather. It was like 50 degrees and sunny. So couldn't beat it. I wish I would have spent less, but I'm not mad about it with the seats we had. So or the game that you got to see. So or the game we got to see. It's good when you see a win. So let's go ahead and and with those stories, let's let's break things down a little bit. And I'll just lead in here with, you know, I think overall this is one of our better performances. I would say in all three aspects of the game, right? Offense, defense, special teams. I mean, ideally we would have had a blowout win here, but we're not that kind of team this year. Um, no, we haven't been. So I'm, I'm aside from maybe a sloppy fourth quarter, I'm pretty happy with the overall performance that we had. Well, yeah, especially coming in. I mean, we had sucked against the run the, the, the last two weeks. So I guess the last six quarters that we had played football against the, the Ravens and half of the Falcons game, we, we dominated in the, the run defense dominated. We'll get into that a little bit. Came in with the quarterback questions. No Kenny Pickett. Was it going to be Mason Rudolph? Was it going to be Mitch Trubisky? Were we going to be happy if it was Mitch Trubisky? I mean, so there was a lot of questions coming in, especially after a bad loss to the Ravens. And then seeing what the Ravens did Saturday, getting beat up pretty badly by the by the Browns. I guess the Ravens kind of dominated, but they lost the game. It just made me feel worse about our loss last week. So didn't come into the game with very good hopes, but you're right. We played one of our better games this season. Yeah, I mean, we opened with a three and out, forcing a three and out, getting the ball right back, and we scored a touchdown on our first drive, which, you know, I think in our first few episodes, we were like, we cannot score at the beginning of the game. We can't score in the fourth in the first quarter. I feel well, like we've been putting points up. I mean, a lot of them have been field goals, but I would have to go back and look. We've been getting some points on our first drives in, in I don't know, maybe five of the last six games. It's It's been pretty impressive. Well, that was the last time. So the last time we – so. You said we scored on the first drive. We ended up giving up a touchdown on the Carolina next drive, and then we put up another one to go 14 to 7. Right. And uh, so th that was our first two drives. We scored a touchdown. That was the first time we had scored a touchdown on our first two drives of the game since week seven of 2020. Wow. So it had been over two years since we had done that. So that kind of puts into perspective the offensive day that we had, which was, which was cool to see. Cause yeah, we've been getting better at early, early drive success, but. It hasn't been perfect. So seeing two in a row with what I think they were a 12 play and a 10 play drive that went 67 and 75 yards respectively. Those are, those are pretty solid drives. Yeah. Two in a row. And then we kind of traded punts back and forth. And I'll say we, we talked about this. I forget what game it was. It was one or two games ago. We did this again where we got the ball with like 40 seconds left. And, and I don't remember how many timeouts we had in this game. Um, but 
I I do. We had two, I believe. Yeah, I do get a little frustrated that you don't at least try and do something to get to the 50-yard line, and then you can throw a little slant or fade or whatever you want to kind of get you into a long field goal range. I I wish we would have done that. Now, at least from what I'm seeing, I think we started at our own nine-yard line. So it's it's tough to do that, and I understand the decision to go in and kneel when you're up seven, but, you know, I, I go back on what I said, like, Josh Allen and the Bills don't do that. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs don't do that. Like these good competitive teams, they're not going in playing conservative ball, going into the the locker room like that. So, you know, maybe things will change as as you know we get more productive productivity out of our offense. But that's something that I I was maybe frustrated out, uh, or maybe frustrated about more so than anything else in that game. I just would have liked to see some aggressiveness there. Well, for sure. And I actually was trying to pull up the text to see if I said anything with the. With the timeouts, I mean, I, that was my only complaint when I texted you at halftime. That was my only yeah. complaint was, why were we not aggressive? We had 42 seconds. We had timeouts. I, I want to say we had two. I don't remember for sure. And I know we were on our own nine, but at least run like a screen pass, which we don't do right. those. But run a screen pass or or run like a draw play or something to try to get some yards. And I mean, that's what that's what you were talking about, the Chiefs and the Bills and all those teams. That's what they try to do. They, they try to run a play, and if they get 10 yards, okay, let's go, and we'll go right. for it. We just knelt on the ball. I mean, it's not like we were blowing them out. We were up 14-7. to I mean, we had we, – we won every category offensively in that first half. I mean, we had 31 plays, so they're 23. We had 178 total yards to their 104. Mm-hmm. 11 first downs to five. I mean, so we were we were doing well. Um, but, yeah, just no aggressive plays. And I feel like that's how Tomlin's been all year. And I, I really have not enjoyed that at all. I feel like we have to at least try to be aggressive. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, like Mitch is in, so that's part of the story here, but it, it's been the same with Kenny, right? And I right. just wonder if it's not that he has enough experience under his belt that they feel comfortable doing that. Um, yeah, I feel like it's, it's becoming a lot of excuses now, right? With it Mitch, is. it's like he doesn't play very much, so we don't want to force it. With Kenny, it's like he's a rookie. We don't want to force it. It's almost to the point where it's week 16. Like, what are we doing? If we're going to be aggressive, we're, we got to be aggressive now. That's a good point. I think forward looking, I'm, I'm wondering, like, we've, we've seen when Kenny plays, and we'll get to see him again on Saturday, which yeah. is against the Raiders. Um, you know, when Kenny plays, we've talked about the development we've seen, but how much more is that going to increase these last few games? Like, I was expecting or kind of anticipating that we would get one flash where we see four quarters and we get a 300-yard, three- or four-touchdown game from Kenny. Quite frankly, I don't think that that's going to come. I I don't think we're going to get that this season, and that makes me, while I would be very optimistic about what he's going to bring in his sophomore season next year, I am kind of hesitant of, like, we we don't really have like our ceiling is very low yeah we don't have that potential to put up 30 40 points i mean we scored what we were just talking about this we scored 24 points today that's our second highest all season so yep, we scored 30 against the Bengals, and we talked about that a couple weeks ago we got we got gifted a couple a couple short drives and then yeah we scored 24 against uh the colts that's that's the most we've scored and it looks like here our, our most passing yards was Back in Buffalo, Pickett had 327 yards, and that was a 38 to three game. So that game wasn't competitive. So yeah, I'm, it's kind of frustrating. Um, I know Trubisky threw for 276 last week against the Ravens, but I agree. We just don't have the downfield passing attack. We don't have the the creative passing attack, which we can maybe get into later. But it's just it's tough, I think, for us to move the ball. It's always a challenge. It's always multi uh, double digit play drives to score touchdowns, which 
if we're scoring touchdowns, you can't complain, but yeah, but that is a good point. And I think we mentioned that previously too. It's like, if we're, we're having all these double digit drives, that essentially means we're not having any big plays. Right. You know, I feel like this, this era of Steelers right now, it's like, we, we haven't had big playmakers since like AB. I mean, we haven't had any, any big splash play like Martavis Bryant. Like we don't have one of those guys that gives us a big play. I think I'll, I'll might change. I'll no, I, I might oppose you on that. I don't think it's the players. I think we've had some big play guys. I don't think we've had a coordinator or, or a play caller that, that, that does that, or, or maybe even like a quarterback that can do it. Um, I think that's been our problem. Cause I think Claypool could have been that guy. I think George Pickens is that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we've had the opportunity to have guys like that. It's just either Ben couldn't throw the ball or the offense doesn't, which now looking at it, I don't think it was all Ben, but the offense just doesn't lend its hand to allow us to do that. So I'll push back a little bit on the playmaker side, but you're right. We haven't had the AB or Martavis Bryant. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to get too much into the Canada discussion today. We'll, no. we'll, you know, we'll we'll do that at the end of the season or after we have another ten point game where we're pissed off. But well, he keeps looking like he's going to stay. It looks more and more like he'll be here next year. So Steelers fans, get ready for that. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, let's let's jump back. I I wanted to talk about you know coming out of the locker room. We got the football, and the Steelers put together a 21 play 91 yard drive that lasted just shy of 12 minutes. And this was interesting because they, a lot of like the post game interviews and the locker room interviews, they asked about this, yeah, um, which was crazy. And I, I looked this up and I couldn't find anything um, like set in stone in terms of what the longest drives ever were. But what I found were that most of the longest drives were like 23 to 25 plays and, and some might have lasted, you know, the duration of a quarter. But it's very rare that I would say you see drives over 10 minutes, number one, definitely and drives over 20 plays, number two. So, again, we talk about that, not necessarily having any big plays, but boy, when you're up and you want to grind clock, I mean, that is impressive. Yeah, I, that I honestly looked at the end of that drive and was like, "Holy crap!" The third quarter's almost over, and and you know you were at the game, so you didn't get this opinion. But like looking at all the other games going on, it's like they're just starting the second half, or yeah, or you know, like they're really early in the third quarter. So it was crazy that we took ten minutes off the clock with one drive, and I mean we just dominated a lot of scrimmage, and it was it was really really cool. Here here's a stat for that: the Steelers went on the NFL's first 21 play drive since the 49ers did it in 2019. And it's only the seventh such drive since 2001. Well, so like you said, it doesn't happen very often. So it's really impressive. We were saying maybe negative that we have too many plays and drives, but I mean, a 91 play 21 yard drive and 1143 is a pretty impressive drive, especially because it ended in a touchdown. So I think that set the the tone for the second half. It did. Were were we the first one o'clock game done? Yeah, oh, yeah, easily. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, that that was great. And and the third down conversions that we had uh, on that drive, but just in, in the game in general, I mean, yeah, I, I found a stat here from Alex Kazora that says um, from 1991 to today, Pittsburgh has had 180 games with more than 15 third down attempts. Their 75% conversion rate is the highest. Um, yeah, we went 12 of 16, which yeah. is impressive. 
So 75% on third downs, we've never had that much with, with more than 15. So we moved the chains, which was uh, good. Well, and if you think about it too, we had what? We had a, the third drive of the game. We had a three and out. The fourth drive of the game, we had a five and out. And we had another three and out. So that's, that's three third down conversions that didn't happen right there. There's only one more the rest of the game. Right. Which is pretty impressive. So we have to be happy with that. So we'll get into balls of steel and, and our jag off of the week. But while we're here, I mean, is there anyone you want to just maybe I guess you could say an honorable mention here? Um, just yeah. one you want to talk about for, for having a, a good game. And, and I'll start. I mean, I'm going to say I think Mitch played played a pretty darn good game. Um, he did. Just, just not having any turnovers. I mean, his stat line, 17 of 22. It's a pretty high completion rate. Um he was sacked once, uh, 179 yards. I mean, the most important thing there is is he didn't turn the ball over, right? What's that stat? The Steelers are 6-0 and when we don't turn the ball over? We have not lost all year when we don't t- turn the ball over, correct? Right. So, I mean, that was that was good to see that out of Mitch. I mean, you've you got to figure he he's coming back after a three-interception game and everyone's pissed at him and everyone wants Mason Rudolph to start. And I think it was a good... I think it was a good move by the coaching staff to start Mitch because you have to assume that uh, that Mason Rudolph is probably going to be gone next year. I don't know if that's yeah. fully the case, but the way that I see things right now is Mason is gone and Mitch we have for one more year. So Mitch is, is likely to be our backup quarterback. Why not play your backup quarterback over some guy that you know is probably not going to be here anymore? So. Yeah, I feel like it had something to do with the future for sure. Because uh, I think I don't know if Mitch has an opt out or something like that, but I know Mitch could try to get out. And I wonder if that was them saying, "Hey, we're loyal to you. We want you to continue to be a backup and help Kenny Pickett. Let's not change the quarterback room too much for him." And go ahead, you can and get another start for us. He's he's a, a captain this year. Which yeah, is- he is. That's a good point too. I forgot about that. So I, I just wanted to shout out on the offense, at least to Mitch. I think he, he deserves it. Um, not that he had a, a, a crazy game. I mean, we very well could have blown the Panthers out of the water, but um, he got the job done. So he did. I, I think that was good to see. I think I'm going to flip it to the other side. And you know me, I like giving it to full units, not, not just one player at a time. And I will shout out a couple guys, but I think the defensive front has to get a ton, a ton of shout outs for this week. This is this is a Carolina team that last week against Seattle went 46 carries for 223 yards and two touchdowns. You know what they had this week? Hit me. Uh, sorry, I'm trying. You don't to know either, it. do you? Uh, they had 16 carries for 21 yards. Wow. They didn't have a run play over five yards the entire game. That's crazy, especially for a team that, like I said, we, we couldn't stop the run the last six quarters that we played. The fact that we were able to come out and maybe one of the hottest running teams in the league, we stopped the, held them to 21 yards and not a carry over five was awesome. I mean, we had, five, we had six tackles for losses. TJ Watt had one, Highsmith, Spillane, Okunjobi had two, and, and Loudermilk had one. I mean, that's awesome. And then to continue on the defensive line front, I got to give a shout out to Cam Hayward. The guy yep. has a motor and he looked awesome. He had yep. one and a half sacks, six pressures, three QB hits. Uh, another guy on that D line, or I guess you could call him D line technically, TJ Watt. Got to give him a little bit of a shout out. He looked, that's probably the best he's looked since week one. He had one and a half sacks, two QB hits. I, I thought he actually made a difference in the game, which we have not seen much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's just I'm really happy to see that for for TJ because I know it's been a rough season with his injuries and stuff like that. So he's making me look bad though. TJ's making me look really bad. 
but uh, I'm happy to see uh, yeah to I'm see Alex Highsmith keep going though. I'm definitely winning that thing that between TJ and Highsmith. I mean, yeah, man, that was that was a bad prediction by me. But hey, like I said, Highsmith's killing it. Highsmith had another sack, and it was his homecoming in Charlotte. And he had an awesome game, so I'm happy for him too. But it's good just, to see TJ. Just for those who don't know, this this happened you know, probably a game or two before TJ got reactivated back on the roster. And I think at the time, Highsmith had six sacks. And we did kind of a a little bit of a mid-season type uh, uh, question game. And and I asked Polt, I said, who who will have more sacks? Assuming TJ Watt comes back when he's supposed to, who will have more sacks by the end of the year? And uh, Polt picked TJ Watt. And uh, I picked Highsmith and just want to rub that in real quick. I also want to rub in another that hasn't quite happened yet. But I also asked you, because this is this was a big part of the game as well. I also asked you if you think Najee will hit a thousand yards rushing this season. And I think you were pretty adamant in saying, no, you didn't see that happening. And I, kudos to me, I, I believed in Najee and I was, you know, blocking off all the haters who were saying that, you know, Najee was a bad pick and he can't run anymore and he's hurt and all that stuff. I mean, he's got what? 790 yards, 790. Yep. Three more 70 yard games, which now is what he's, he's averaging over what he's at or less than what he's averaging. So there's a good chance he could hit a thousand yards on the season. So we'll see if that comes to fruition, but yeah, he needs 70 more. <clears throat> Listen, in my defense. Yes. I think I did say, no, he wouldn't hit a thousand. That was partly because he was hurt, yeah. and I also was still supportive of Najee. I didn't, I That's didn't true. ever doubt that Najee was the guy, but yeah, I, I that was another bad prediction. But the good thing is these are these are good uh, predictions for the team for me to be wrong on. So I, I'm okay with that. Just one more thing about the run defense. <clears throat> this is an interesting stat for us. This is the first time. In, in seven seasons that the Steelers held a, the opposing team to zero first, first downs rushing. Wow. Which is kind of interesting. And again, we just talked about the Panthers at 223 yards and dominated the line of scrimmage against the Seahawks. So I think that's really important to point out. Um, as you said, we played a good game in all three facets. So just wanted to continue to give those shout outs to the D line. All right. That's fair. Do you want to jump into a, uh, a balls of steel? Yeah, yeah. And let me go first on this one. Cause uh You've been kind of shitting on this guy for a couple of weeks now, so <laughs> he deserves it. If I think so, I, I gotta give him a balls of steel because man, did Deontay Johnson show up? And we have our complaints about him and all of that, but he had ten catches on ten targets. Yep. I think that's the first time in his career he he caught all of his targets uh, for ninety eight yards. And the biggest thing for me with Deontay Johnson is I sat there more times than not throughout the game, and he can piss me off a lot, but. I said more times than not that he ran forward he did. than he ran sideways. He did. A couple of times he did run sideways to start, but then he realized that he was running sideways and ran forward. And, and I couldn't find the stat how many first downs he had, but I think he had to have at least five five or six first downs for us. I, I think he was he was the go-to guy, and, and he played awesome, and nobody had more than five, five targets other than him. Nobody had more than two catches other than him. So Deontay Johnson's my ball is a steal. He played awesome. It's good to see that. I hope he can get a touchdown here shortly because he's the has the most catches and yards in the league without a touchdown. But uh, yeah, I got to give him some love after you've been hating on him. Well, I mean, we know he deserved it, but I agree with you. I think he's a good pick this week. He did, but he's going to be here for eighteen million, so we got to accept it a little bit. Yeah, but you know what happens after we pick someone for balls of steel? They just shit the bed next week. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But I hope not. But while we, I mean, 
this is something that I think is worth mentioning here. The, 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 the Deontay Johnson saga this year is just so interesting to me because if you look back like a few days ago when, when they didn't fully announce that it was going to be Mitch starting, yeah, you saw that Deontay basically said, hey, I'm, I'm rooting for Mason, whatever. Yeah, what do you and, think about that? Well, I think that the, the media made it a publicity thing, and I think really Deontay Johnson is just kind of sticking up for his teammate and, and not being selfish, honestly. I think Deontay Johnson's kind of just sticking up for his teammate even though there's a little bit more rapport between those two. Well, I could see that. What do you think of this thought, though? That Deontay knew he was struggling with Mitch and knew Mitch was going to start. I think everybody in the building knew he was going to start. What do you think it was kind of like poking the bear sort of thing? Like, hey, like maybe throw it to me a little bit this weekend. Or, or, hey, I'm calling you out, so let's prove to everybody that you can play. I feel like there was a little bit of that, too. Maybe. Maybe. Could could be it. I mean, I think that the whole situation though is just is is fascinating because you have Kenny who came in in, in the preseason and and like early on like he didn't have Deontay Johnson to throw to yeah and so we talked about this like Deontay Johnson is clearly not Kenny's guy it's Pickens no. and Pat right it's the killer peas you know we yeah. talked about that um, <laughs> but uh, I think it's just interesting when you have someone else come in and you get Deontay Johnson more involved from another quarterback so you know, we, we have seen this, we get frustrated with Deontay Johnson because he does stupid shit. Like he takes like bad penalties sometimes and he runs horizontally instead of running vertically. Yeah. Drops the gimmies, but then he makes phenomenal catches and, and you know that the talent's there and is, is he overpaid? I don't know. Maybe it's not like he's making a ton, you know, he's here for two more years. Right. And I, I think, we if we want to do well if we want to succeed like we need to utilize him. i was just gonna say that i love pickens and pat but we need deontay johnson to be a stud so uh, i know that we he's frustrating but we're gonna have to live with that because he makes this team better when he's producing like he did last last week or this past week our offense is better so we just need to keep utilizing so i agree we we have to live with the growing pains and the frustrations yeah, we're rooting for you, DJ. We love these games, so we we hope we uh. We well, I do at least. Games. I don't know about you, but I do. No, of course I do. <laughs> it's it's good to see. I'm gonna go to my my balls of steel here, and it's it's not a player, it's not a coach. I'm gonna give my balls of steel to the Steelers fan base this week. Now, this was on, uh, I guess a, a suggestion, but I think it's it's very warranted. What a uh, corny pick, and and it's a good one. Now, let, let me. No, I like it. So I told you about the, the saga getting tickets and, and, and how much of a pain in the ass that was. So we're walking, you know, to that bar that I mentioned, it's like noon and yeah. we saw a guy scalping tickets and we asked him how much, and he said, $200. And we said, two, we said, $200. Are you kidding me? And he said, Hey, it's not because of the Panthers fans. It's because <laughs> of all y'all. It's because of the Steelers fans. And and I'll tell you what, you I looked around and there were terrible towels everywhere. There was black and yellow. It was I mean, I think that, that the Steelers fans really took over that city. And I think it's it's warranted what that guy said. Like it's you know, I looked at the Denver Broncos playing at Carolina a few weeks back and tickets were thirty five dollars. So I was anticipating this to be like that, but 
we we travel well and we know that and and it really did feel like a home game i'd say noise wise we were definitely louder than the panthers were panthers fans were they did that you know it's third down and get wild <laughs> stuff and like yeah you didn't really hear it it was louder when you know the steelers were on on defense on a third down so i think really it was probably close to being a 50 50 split and and let me tell you this the people in our section that we were around i mean it had to be at least 75 percent steelers fans yeah that's cool i was sitting next to steelers fans on my right on my left in front of us and behind us so cool they they were i mean they were everywhere and they showed up and got the job done so steelers fans particularly those of you in charlotte and in the carolinas that's my balls of steel this week Congratulations. Yeah, I gave you a little bit of crap, but that's fair. Uh, on TV, they there was comments made by the commentators how many yellow yellow towels were being waved, and in every picture you see posted, it's all Steelers people, um, and and in between all the Carolina people. So I saw a lot of stuff about a lot of people traveling back to Pittsburgh from from Charlotte. So it's great to see that we us continue to travel even through our our bad seasons. So yeah, man. I, I agree. It's good to shout them out. We all, all need right. a little bit of love. Let's go negative. You want to talk Jag off of the week? Yeah. And what you got? Mine's not a – it's not a singular person. I'm going to I'm gonna give my Jag off of the week to the masses of the handling of Pat Fryermuth this week. Mm. Um, Pat Fryermuth only played 38 of the 39 snaps, so that's 56%. Gentry ended up playing 62%, and Connor Hayward paid, played six. Um, this is the first game in – in Pat's career that he didn't have a target, I believe. Um, he's such an important part to this offense, and he's still such a young piece that I know he was hurt coming into the week with a foot injury or something like that. If he was actually hurt, why is hold he playing out. throughout the game? Yeah, hold him out. Right? Like, why? we have Connor Hayward. We have Zach Gentry. Why not let these guys – we have Derek Watt who could play tight end if we need him to. If he's hurt that badly, you're not going to utilize him in the passing game? I'm sure you can use him as a decoy, but – I think he's worth a lot more than a decoy. So I just didn't like how he had no targets and I thought that was a game plan problem, but really I think it was the injury. And so I just didn't like the handling of it. So I'm going to give the handling of Pat Fryer move my, my jack off. Of yeah, the I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, I think Kenny took the day off. I think Pat took it off too. That's actually funny. Maybe he did. Yeah. Maybe say, Hey Kenny, if you're not playing, I'm not playing either. Yeah. It was weird though. I mean, to have a, a relatively successful offensive game and, and not get, uh, not get Pat involved at all. So, so that was interesting. I mean, I'm also looking here and it doesn't look like we see a, a Hayward target or anything. I mean, Zach Gentry has one target. So I think and it wasn't a, and it wasn't like a stupid screen pass, which is awesome. Yeah. I, I think they came in with a pretty strict game plan for what they wanted to do here. And, and I think fortunately they executed and it worked well, but yeah, agreed. Okay. I, I'm going to give mine here to a guy that, in theory, we should like a lot, and I do like him. But what he did really pissed me off, and I think it pissed off the entire Steelers fan base, and I think it pissed off Mike Tomlin. I hope it did. This goes to Marcus Allen for my jag off of the week, and and for those who didn't catch it, Cam Hayward had an awesome sack, and yeah. and the Panthers were like fourth and 20-something. We were getting the ball back. They go to a TV timeout, and Marcus Allen runs over to the Panthers huddle to, to, I don't know, to talk shit, to do something. 
And I don't actually even know what the penalty was. If it was taunting, if it was unnecessary, unsportsmanlike conduct. It was unsportsmanlike conduct. So he got us a 15-yard penalty, but that's an automatic first down. So the Panthers got to stay on the field and, and they got three points out of it. Had the Panthers been productive on Sunday, had they played well, probably would have been a touchdown. And Marcus Allen is strictly this year and for most of his career on the Steelers, a special teams guy. Um, I don't know if you remember, but when they were doing roster cuts with, with the issue that happened with like putting guys on IR and everything, Marcus Allen got cut from our 53 man roster. Yeah. So he, he was the 54th person. So he got cut and then they put someone on, on IR and they brought him back. So that was like, I mean, he, he's, I think he's close to his last draw. I think for the Steelers, he's been kind of just a locker room guy and he's been productive on special teams. He has some good hits now and then, but yeah, I I think I was, I was pretty, pretty annoyed seeing that. And I also think it's worth mentioning here. We had a guy behind us and and I hope this guy's listening. I have no idea if he will. We tried to share (laughs) the podcast with some people, but he, uh, he, he was wearing a black jacket and he zipped, he, he unzipped his jacket and he had a bangle shirt on underneath and he was talking about how much he hates Marcus Allen. Really? And I learned that he's an Ohio state fan, right? So for those who don't know, Marcus Allen had a beautiful blocked kick against Ohio state that won us a game against them. Uh, so a lot of Penn state Steelers fans love Marcus Allen, but uh, this guy as an Ohio state fan and a Bengals fan, he, he was just chirping Marcus Allen the whole game. He was like, I, I, I hate that dude. And fair enough. I mean, he had a, just a, a stupid, stupid, you know, play or decision on his part. So Marcus Allen, you are my Jag off the week. Please redeem yourself. Uh, we'll see what happens. There. Yeah. I want to be honest. I didn't have as big of a opinion about it. Uh, maybe I just wasn't close. Well, they didn't, they didn't show it on TV. That's why. Well, they did. No, they, they did? ended up showing it. Okay. Um, I, I didn't really have as big of an opinion on it at first. And if you look at local Pittsburgh sports media. I mean, they want Marcus Allen cut yesterday. Right, they do. I mean, they're they're really furious with him. And the more I look back at it and and thought about it, they they have a, a right to to be mad. It was fourth and twenty seven. It was the very first. It was the very beginning of the fourth quarter. We were up twenty one to seven. We could have went on a drive or got the ball and you know five minute drive and basically iced the game. We were up by fourteen points and the and the Panthers couldn't do anything. That moved the ball from. R forty nine or from R forty nine to R thirty four and set them up to to keep them in the game with that field goal. So yeah, man. it was so unnecessary. He was on the field. He was then talking crap to the the huddle, and then he went into the huddle. I mean, come on, he's been in the league long enough. He should know you can't go in the opposing team's huddle without getting penalized. So I agree. I thought it was a bonehead play. I think it's very worthy of a jag off, and I hope he learns from it. But if he doesn't, then sayonara. See you later. Yeah, very very worthy of jag off, and and sorry to to his fans out there and the any Chico fans. I know I'm going to give a shout out here to one of our, our listeners, Sarah. I know she's a, a big Marcus Allen, Allen fan, um, also a Penn state alum. And, and she just got married this weekend. So shout out to Sarah. Shout out. We're, we're thinking of you and uh, congratulations to you and Jeff on, on tying the knot. Um, but do you want to talk about anything else for the game pulled or you want to move into a, a preview for the Raiders game? I two quick mentions here. Presley Harvin, I thought, played one of his better games. Uh, he had a 54-yard punt and that averaged, what is it, 45.3 yards on three punts. That's not bad. Um, bad. It's better to see him doing well. He also had an unbelievable hold on a on an oh, extra yeah. point that was over his head, and he somehow got it down and Boswell made it. So 
everybody has to remember the kicking game is is a it's a team thing. It's a whole unit. It's the long snapper, the holder, and the kicker. It's not just yep. on the kicker. So that was a big, big, big play by him. Um, the other one is I'm gonna give him another shout out, Terrell Edmonds. The guy's playing himself into a, a nice contract next year. Um, t- this week he played 61 percent of his snaps in the box. Yeah. So more like a, a down linebacker or like a right. linebacker, uh, off ball linebacker, and he played awesome. I thought he was Again, all over what, the field. Three really good stops against the run. Yeah, some. Yeah, I think so. And he was all over the field. I mean, he had five tackles, four of them solo. I mean, I think the guy's playing really well. The Kazee uh, coming back has really allowed him to to play more down in the box, and I think he's really finding his niche playing down there. Um, so. It was really cool to see, and I just wanted to give him a quick shout-out. I think that's really helping our linebackers. Yeah, and, and just other guys that got in there, too, that you know I think is exactly what we want to see is starting to see some of these guys because you got to know whether or not they're going to have a future. Um, you know, James Pierre, he, he got burnt on one play, but I yeah. think James Pierre is, is still learning and growing, and, and he has the potential to maybe move into a, a, a two- or three-corner. Levi Wallace isn't doing anything special, so, yeah, get right. him on the field. And and Mark Robinson too. It was good to see him get get in there a little bit. I don't think he made much of a splash, but he's a guy who really really stood out in the preseason. Um, and I, I hope that we can see more of Mark Robinson moving forward too. So yeah, he played seven snaps. Local media loves him. They've been asking for him to get a helmet all game. I think he should continue. You should have saw some of these these blocks he was blowing up in the run game. The guy has a motor, and he just I think he tries harder than any of our other middle linebackers. So good. I would love to see him on the field. All right. I hope so too. All right, let's get into this Raiders game. Both the Steelers and the Raiders, six and eight. This is a Christmas Eve game at home in Pittsburgh, and it's a big one. And it's a big one because this is going to be the 50th anniversary of Franco Harris's immaculate reception. They're going to, I think they're retiring his jersey at halftime. It's going to be a huge game. Yeah. And there's probably going to be 25% of fans in the stadium because it is going to be cold. I'm going to give you my stat of the week here. My stat of the week is that this game is, is shaping up to be probably the coldest game ever played at Heinz Field or Ackershire Stadium. Um, the coldest as it stands right now uh, was December 31st in 2017. We played Cleveland. It was 11 degrees. And back in 2005, January 23rd against New England, it was also 11 degrees. The high for Saturday, and this isn't an official forecast right now, but the high on Saturday is in the low teens. I think it's like 12 degrees. Yeah. And I think the low is is like single digits. I think wind chill's negative. Yeah, wind chill's negative. I mean, it's going to be feels like in in the negatives. Um, It is going to be damn cold so i hope that the steelers fans show up um do you want to go oh, dude i was at cheap, the man. i was at the january 8th 2017 playoff game against miami the third coldest game of heinz field at 17 degrees and that was freezing and it was even sunny that day i cannot imagine under the lights a negative real feel oh that is going to be a battle for the ages which is awesome because it's the big rivalry steelers versus raiders so It'll be cool to watch from the couch. All right. Sounds good. I, I guess I guess I'm not going then. Um, all right. Fair enough. Hit me with some stats. What do you what do you got against the Raiders? Yeah, so the Raiders, oh they, man, they have they got some guys back last week and came up with a very controversial win against the Patriots. We won't dive into that. But they got Darren Waller and uh 
and Hunter Renfro back, which are two of their bigger weapons. So so watch out for that on the offensive side of the ball with those guys out for most of the year. They, they're they 10th in, in points scored, which is pretty good. 13th in passing offense and 13th in rushing offense and, and 11th in total offense. Josh Jacobs has been tearing up this year. They have Devontae Adams who's been tearing up, so that's going to be a tough task for our secondary that still has some issues. But on the other side of the ball, they're not as good. They're, they're 23rd in points allowed defensively, um, 24th in total defense, uh, 26th in pass defense, and 15th in rush rush defense. So it looks like we have a chance to to maybe put up some points. Maybe this will be a high-scoring game. Probably not with the with the weather. I doubt it. Um, but we're wearing the block, no, the block number jerseys. Yeah, we are. And uh, this is going to – we're retiring Franco's number. It, it's going to be an old-school football kind of game, and I'm, I'm very excited for it. I think it should be fun. I hope we can finally beat the Raiders because we stink up against them recently. We stink. All I want for Christmas is, is a win against the Raiders, and it's because I have some friends that are Raiders fans, and, uh, and I want the Steelers to win. But that would be a nice little Christmas present to wake up. You know, Absolutely. Great way to finish Christmas Eve. Yeah. So, all right, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Like you said, I think – I think it'll probably be low scoring. I think it'll it'll be cold. Hopefully, we can get the the run game going. Do you know what the spread is right now? Do you know what we're opening at? Let me see if I can find this here. Yeah, yeah I can give it to you in one second. I think we're a three point favorite, is what I see. Which means it's kind of even, kind of a wash since it's home field. So, yep. All right. Well, we will see how it goes. The battle of of six and eights. Uh, some way, somehow, this game, you could argue, has playoff implications. It does. Um, we're not fully out of it. I guess neither are the Raiders. Um, you know, as we talked, we don't think that, that a playoff berth is, is likely this season. But, you know, at this point, let's play spoiler. And let's... Right. Well, and if you whoever loses this game is out. So, right. I mean, if you win it, you still keep your shots alive. So, yeah, big game. Yeah. All right. Well, to everyone who listened. We thank you all for tuning in. We will be back with you after the Raiders game. Give us a follow on Instagram at the real steel. Shoot us a DM, ask us questions, give us whatever you got. And until then, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. We'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks everyone. Happy holidays. Peace.